Logical Progression Year 1 Lesson 13 Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajul al-hajna idha sha'ta sahla Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh So um, I have a big intention for this lesson my hope is that we can complete all of water yani, which will be which will be which would be a miracle yani, amazing but still let's see I think it's possible so I guess um, I'm not sure uh, no no yeah um, first of all of course uh, we're sorry about what happened last week it was actually out of our hands uh, for those who are online, uh, we did try to have the uh, uh, YouTube was down for maintenance. Uh, Google powers YouTube, so it was actually Google that was down. So both the two main uh, streaming providers were were uh, out of service, and so we couldn't. And we went to Zalakh uh, Nasir Uthman. They legged it home, picked up a camera, and they put a recording up for you guys. And it took a couple of days because. Or something like some stupid 10 gigabyte file or something crazy. So that's why it took so long and then coding and audio and all this stuff, whatever. Anyway, alhamdulillah, it seems like it's working again today, so inshallah, that's good. Um, I guess that we can pretty much sum up what we've done so far with the actual statement of Sheikh Uthameen that we closed with last week. Um, let's not forget what's going on here, folks. Yeah, We are studying a humbly fiqh text that's called Zad al-Mustaqni'a. Yep, by Hijabi. We're studying it according to the commentary of a Sheikh called Sheikh Uthami, who is a Hanbali in principle, but he is of a level where he has the ability to decide evidences and decide which position to take or not take. And he has the confidence to do that himself, and he's also relying upon the earlier scholars as well. And so often when you see him take or make a statement, he'll often say, and this is the position of Sheikh Uthami or he'll even say, actually, this is the second narration from Imam Ahmed. He might even say, this is a second statement in the madhab itself, official. So I want you to feel at ease, because, yeah, I, I get the feeling, and I respect that. That hold on, we've got this kind of sacred text, and we're basically just, you know, mashing it up. Everything that they say, we say something different. And that, of course, is not the case. We are studying the, the original text in a way of logical progression, because that's how you have to progress. We had to go through the whole process because I'm trying to explain to you what the author is trying to express. And you must understand that from that angle. That's how you study fiqh. If I then give you the right answer or another opinion at the end, that's just a, a, a mercy and it's just a bonus from the class and so on. And obviously in that explanation that I'm giving, I'm using primarily Sheikh Uthameen's position, but also adding my own and my own various teachers from all the various madahib, and that's what is producing the class. So you shouldn't lose confidence in the concept of fiqh or the concept of madahib. This is an advanced class. This is not a basic class. Okay? If this was a basic class, then I could teach this over a weekend. Okay? We just go through the text... And we'd stick to the position without criticizing any position or without saying that there's no, without asking for any evidences. 
and that would be allowed. That would be allowed for me to do that and tell everyone to go and that the waters are three types and you have to, if it touches anything najis and it's under two qullatain, then it's najis just regardless of the fact that it's a small amount, whether it's changed or not. We'll just take it word for word and we could act upon that. And our excuse would be what? That the students don't have the ability to understand anything other than that. And that is a legitimate excuse as the majority of the lay people and that's what the Muslims do. And that's why there's a madhab and that's why there's a text and they study it. Of course, I've already done that a number of times. First level, second level. This is third level. I'm not going to stay the rest of my life just keeping out a baby text. And so now we're getting deeper, we're understanding, and if we're criticizing a text, we're criticizing it based upon knowledge, not upon any partisanship or bias or something like that. So don't feel insulted if you're a humbly, and don't feel too empowered if you're not a humbly. Because this is neither for one or the other. This is a study of the of the principles of fiqh, and a study of the Hanbalis, how they think, and then an understanding of why Sheikh Uthameen is coming to the conclusions that he does, and then whether I personally agree or not. All right, so that's, that's, that's what it is. Now, we've spent literally, I don't know, three months or whatever, talking about these intrinsic details about water and it being different types, but it can pretty much be summed up, our position can be summed up by Sheikh Uthameen's uh, 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 statement, which is that he said, after everything has been said, all said and done, water is of two types. It's either pure and purifying, or it's not acceptable to use because it is nejas. Anything else is just something else. So someone um, asked, um, and uh, someone was asking at the class at the end, what about Coke, for example, or Pepsi, or milk, or something like that? That is a third category, isn't it? It's not water, and it's not nejas, so what is that? It's just not water. That's what it is. Okay? We're talking about water. Categories of water that are used for wudu. There's one which is impermissible to use. That's the filthy water. And there's one which is okay to use. Whether it has been touched by something and someone's put their hands in. Or it's used by someone making wudu. Which we call in the madhab tahir. According to us, tahir, tahur, all the same thing. Water in principle is pure and purifying until it changes. Until it goes... Now, this is the benefit, this is why this lesson is a big lesson. Not only am I going to cover a lot of pages and go quick, but I'm also going to bring it home to you, why when you are asking some key questions along the way, and I was saying patience and patience, when we finish it today, there will be very few questions to actually ask, because most of them will not be answered. And that's what we have to do, we have to go along, and it's, it's going to obviously tempt you to ask certain questions. And the ones that we are entertaining are those questions which are about understanding various detailed points, just so that you understand the argument, not about understanding the entire issue, because that's going to come. All right? So, so Sheikh, he said that, look, for us it's simple. Water is two types, pure or filthy. And you know what it is about all these two, qulla and so on? That's all great. But reality, realistically speaking, water only becomes impure once we know it's impure. And how do we know it's impure if any of these three uh, uh, characteristics are changed? The smell, its taste, its uh, color. It doesn't matter whether it's a small amount or a large amount. It doesn't matter if it's a huge, huge amount. Water is always pure until we see it clearly changed. And that's a very simple or simplified way of looking at it, and this is a rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I can tell you now that Shaykh Uthameen's fiqh is a manifestation of ease. A manifestation of ease. And I want, to, I want you to know that. And that is following in the footsteps of his mentor, and his hero, and our hero, and that's Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah. 
And the reason people go to Sheikh Islam and talk about him day and night, why him, you know, uh, over everyone else, is because he was an ayah min ayatullah. He really was a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his time and in our times. His ability to understand the, the text and understand the maqasid al-shari'a, the objectives of what's going on. And not necessarily get too lost in the details. Give the haq to the details when necessary, but when it's clear that something else is intended and bigger issues are relevant yani in a small issue, that's the one that he focuses on. And you're going to see that come to life now in these next following points. So, um, that being said, then let's just move straight on to the uh, page, page 9. So in the English text, okay, we're going to read, let me read the, the Arabic uh, first. وَنَجِسُوا مَا تَغَيَّرَ بِنَجَاسَتِهِنْ أَوْ لَاقَاهَا وَهُوَ يَسِيرٌ أَوْ انْفَصَلَ عَنْ مَحَلِّ نَجَاسَتِهِنْ قَبْلَ زَوَالِهَا فَإِنْ أُضِيفَ إِلَى الْمَاءِ النَّجَسِ طَهُورٌ كَثِيرٌ غَيْرُ تُرَابٌ وَنَحْوِهِ أَوْ زَالَ تَغَيُّرُ النَّجَسِ الْكَثِيرِ بِنَفْسِهِ أَوْ نُزِحَ مِنْهُ فَبَقِيَ بَعْدَهُ كَثِيرٌ غَيْرُ مُتَغَيِّرٍ طَهُرٌ What's the translation of that? That the third type of water, according to the Hanbali school, is called filthy water, najis water, okay? And that is that water which has been changed by filth or encountered filth whilst it was in a small amount. So it touched filth whilst it was a small amount of water only. Or is that, which water, is that water which is separated from an area containing filth before removing that filth. That's what we talked about last week. This is a thob that has najis on it. It falls on it. It comes away from that. That water now here, after coming off the najis part, it itself now is filthy according to this text here. Or separated from an area containing filth before removing that filth. Okay, I reminded back to you last week that the whole discussion of washing something seven times that had some dirt on it, the first time it was najis and the water was falling off najis and then touching it and najis, najis, najis. By the time it comes to seven, there's effectively nothing left. And when it touches that water, that immediately becomes pure. And then anything that comes off that, it was then classified according to the madhab as pure. Which is why they said if you wash it an eighth time, whatever comes off this is actually pure and purifying because there's absolutely nothing here whatsoever. And that was a bit of a detailed, deep kind of discussion there. But you get the point. So uh, this is talking about in the early stages, yeah? Uh, and then the next page is about how to purify filthy water. So filthy water becomes purifying, meaning tahur, pure and purifying, if A, a lot of purifying water is added to filthy water, a lot of purifying water, that means what? Two qullatayn, according to the madhab. That's like a good 200 plus liters of water is added to the najis water. It becomes pure, not using dirt and the like. What does that mean? Remember, this is a little statement reminding us of the very early stages of this class. What did the madhab say can only clean? Water. So, it's not allowed to... Um, you know, you have certain chemicals now that you can put on, on najis and it cleans it. Uh, I mean, obviously you've got uh, 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 like chlorine, for example. You have bleach, you have cleaning materials, you have... Uh, yeah, uh, 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 drag, uh, I'm talking about liquid specifically. 
Um, you know that there's these granules used in pharmacies and industry. You know that you can put on something on liquid and it purifies it and so on and so forth. According to the Madhab, that's not going to cut it because they said only water is able to clean. Which is why they've said not adding dirt, not adding anything like dirt, meaning soap, bleach, whatever. Okay, So this is the first way. The second way is a large amount of filthy water goes back to the way it was on its own. So there's a large amount of water, meaning that so this is not just water which is over Qulatayn, and suddenly, after a couple of days, bit of sun, bit of this, bit of evaporation, and it goes back to what it was. This is the second way. And the third way is by removing water from it, and a large amount of unchanged water remains afterwards. And I'm just going to say this now because I know I'm going to forget later. So there's clearly two conditions mentioned here in this, this third point. So you have this najis water, and you have to remove water from it, meaning najis water from it, so that two things happen. A large amount of unchanged water remains. So therefore that means that before you start with that water must have been more than two kulatain. And so once you've taken all the najasa out, you've only got enough water, you've got more than two kulla left, that's the large amount, and it has to be unchanged. It has to be no characteristics changed. If any characteristics are changed, whether it's half a kulla or 26 kulla, what did we say that is? Najas, yes? Any water, if the characteristics changed, this is najas. This is all according to the madhab. According to the madhab. Let's now see what Shaykh Uthaymeen is going to say with respect to these arguments. So, he, he starts. He says, so najas is that which, najas water is that which has been changed by something filthy. Okay? That means its taste or its color or its smell. What's the exception to this that we have mentioned according to all the schools? Anyone remember? No? It's a smell. But what is the circumstance of that smell that is correct? The exception to uh, water being classified as najas if its smell has changed is if the smell has changed because of an adjacent carcass next to the water. A rotting carcass next to the watering hole stinks very badly and its smell then goes across and it goes into the water and when you sniff the water, its smell has changed. It's not actually the water which has changed, it's the smell of the carcass. There's a consensus amongst the scholars, pretty much, that this is an exception to the rule of تغير باللون or, or the, uh, by color, by taste, or by smell. We covered that before, if you uh, remember. So, this is what Najis, uh, uh, this is what Najis water is, uh, just so that it's uh, clear. It is that which has been changed by filth. Or encountered filth whilst it was a small amount. What is the evidence for this? The evidence for this is the hadith which we've mentioned now a number of times that if water reaches the level of qullatain, it will never become najas. I just want to remind you what this hadith means because some of you might be thinking, well, hold on, you know, what does that mean? Who can tell me and remind us what is the actual meaning of this hadith? Because uh, Shaykh Uthameen or, or, or us, our position is that even if the water is less than qullatain, it's no problem. And even if the water is more than, we didn't take this hadith literally. Why is that? What was our understanding of this hadith? This sahih hadith. What was our understanding? Who can explain? Who can remember? That if the water reaches qullatain, okay, if the water reaches qullatain, it cannot become najis. Let me explain it. Let me remind you, okay? Of course, water can become najis. Right? It can become najis if it's over qullatain. 
Meaning, so what does that statement mean then? That water does not become najas unless it goes over qullatayn. It's emphasizing the nature of water. That's what it's doing. What this hadith is trying to say, it's like, a, it's like an indirect statement saying that if water changes over qullatayn, it's not even to be considered as water anymore. It's najas water. Does that make sense? This hadith actually is an evidence for us. Meaning that if it's under two qullatayn, it is water. And it remains as water until it is so blatantly changed. Then if it's changed, then it doesn't matter whether it's below qulla or above qullatayn or not. Does that, does that make sense? I, 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 I thought that that maybe hadn't reached home last time and it was clear it didn't because no one seems to remember that. That's okay. You know, people are thinking about Chelsea or something like that. I need score updates. I want them to be kicked out today. Hardcore. Yep. I don't get the point because we said that even if it's smaller than Qulatayn yes. and it changes as a change and we're going to call it Najis water if it's all changed. Say it again. If it's less than two Qulatayn and, yes. it's, all changed, and it's all changed we're saying it's not water anymore. It's Najis. It's Najis water. And we're saying if it's over Qulatayn and it all changes it's Najis water. And if it's over two qulatain, and it's all changed, and it's all changed, again we say it's not just water. It's not just water. So then, hadith has no meaning. No, the hadith has a meaning. Here's the here's the meaning. What did Hanbali say? They said if it's over two qulla, it can't become. What did they say below two qulla? They said if anything goes in, then it becomes not just. Correct. You see that? That's what the hadith is there for. For us, it refutes them. Got there yet? Because that already. Oh, you're. Yeah? yeah Understood that, everybody? Right? Yes? Yeah. That's where the function of the hadith comes. The Hanbalis, they came up with the opinion. They said that, you know what? It doesn't matter if the water doesn't change, if it's less than two qulla. If it just touches najasa, then that's it. That's exactly what they're saying here again. They're repeating their, their, their classic point. That if najasa touches something which is less than two qullatain, it goes. We're saying water never becomes najas. Okay? Water never becomes najas, and the qullatain is a figure there which just establishes a, a, a limit for us. But water, the, the key thing to focus on is that water doesn't become najas until it's najas. That's the point. So this is the, this is the use of it. Anyway, so, um, uh, and as I said, uh, uh, Sheikh, uh, on the beginning, on the, at the top of page 55, Sheikh Uthameen says, was sahih, and the hadith of the najas illa an That this statement by Al-Hajjawi that the water becomes filthy water if it has encountered filth while it was a small amount this is not uh, our position it's, uh, our position is that unless the water has changed this statement has no meaning for us and by the way so that you know you should write it down this is also the second opinion in the madhab itself so this is actually a valid humbly opinion as well and you should know that this is not just Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Uthameen going you know uh, uh, you know getting out of uh, touch with the with the with the fuqaha or anything like that okay um and then uh let's move on to the next point that or it's separated from an area containing filth before removing that filth okay i.e after meaning that it's now as i said you have this stove or you have this hand okay it has najasa on it and the water Okay, because it's touching this area and its filth has not gone. So every time it's touching that filth and coming away, it's filthy. It's filthy in of itself. Okay, so now um, 
What does a sheikh say here? مثاله, he gives an example. ما نطهر به ثوبا نجسا. يعني we have a thawb which is dirty. We are um, and the najasa that was on it. This is good. The najasa that was on it was washed off and cleaned away with the first washing. With the first washing. وزال أثرها نهائيا. And the second one, it was like completely gone, completely disappeared. And then we washed it a third time, and a fourth time, and a fifth time, and a sixth time. The water which is coming off all of these times, according to the madhab, is impure. Did you understand now the position of the madhab? Because as I said to you before, there's two positions in the madhab for washing something. Washing it how many times? Or three times? Seven times. So, we said, what did we say? As long as it comes clean, doesn't matter, one time, two times, with water, not water, that's the end of the story. But sticking to the madhab, that they said it has to be happening seven times, or three times completely, regardless. We have noticed this thaw, we washed it on the first time, it became clean. But according to the madhab, it has not become clean. It might have physically become clean, but hukman... According to Sharia, according to the ruling wise, metaphorical, not metaphorical, what's the word? Metaphysically, spiritually, legally, 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 legally is the word I'm looking for. Legally, <laughs> we got there, I was like a bit round, higgledy piggledy, right? That's my new word of the day, higgledy piggledy. The, um, legally, it's not uh, uh, clean according to them. And so, therefore, even the second time, third time, fourth time, all this water which is coming off is absolutely clean, absolutely beautiful. According to the Hamblies, Najis water, because even though the Najasa is not there, it's not been cleaned because they said it has to be washed seven times. That's the point there. So, you can see obviously what Shaykh Uthameen thinks of that point. And then, um, and then the next point, the next point is that filthy water becomes purifying. So page 10 now in the text, okay? If you do the following three things. Number one, if you add a lot of purifying water to it, so in this in this uh, way, the first one, in the first one, uh, at the top of uh, page uh, 56, Sheikh Uthameen, he says that we have, have to establish two conditions. One, that it is a lot of water uh, that has to be added and number two, what is the second? Uh, no, no, sorry, just one condition. That a lot of water needs to be added to that water. So he gives an example. He goes, we have a big water container. And it has some najis water, uh, the, the amount of nisu qulla. Yani half a qulla. It's like a hundred liters odd, yeah? And, but this is a big container. It can hold more than two qullas. Okay? More than two qullas. If we want to purify this water, we have to come with more than two qulla, pour it into that half a qulla, and now we have added a lot of water. Okay? It has now become pure and purifying on what condition? On what condition? The characteristics, correct, have not changed. Water's characteristics have not changed. What if you've added now two qulla and the, the characteristics are, are like the color is still wrong? It's not pure. Correct. That's the key point. Yeah. That if it doesn't change, yani, meaning that if it's still najis, 
in any of its three characteristics or all of the three characteristics is still najis. You'd have to add more, you'd have to add more, you'd have to add more. Okay? So this is the um, uh, the point there. Is that is that clear everybody? Yeah? So what would what would Sheikh say? Sheikh will say here the situation for this first one that the adding of uh, uh, water, whether it's small or little, it doesn't matter. What does what matters? The change of the actual water. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah, the change of that water to pure. Yani losing its its najis characteristics. So that's the response to the actual position in the madhab. And then Sheikh then also then he uh, he moves on to the next point. And I just wanted to see because uh, yes, okay, it's coming good. So. Uh, the next point So the second scenario We have a lot amount Or a large amount of water Which is over to Qulla And what happens Is that he gives the example That we have two Qulla in a uh, bucket And we leave it for two days or three And then the smell that was in it very strongly It goes Okay And there's now no sign of filth now Okay We do not add anything to it It is now pure and purifying Okay, it's now pure and purifying. لأن المال كثير because and Sheikh Uthameen is giving some kind of illa behind it. He's saying large and why did the the the, the humbly say large and not small? He said because a large amount of water aids the 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 ridding of najasa, much more difficult to leave from a concentrated uh, solution. Okay, لأن المال كثير which I don't think is scientifically correct by the way. Is that right scientifically? I don't think so. I think from an, os- from an osmotic point of view, uh, 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 evaporation, certainly osmosis goes from concentration of, lo- of high to low, right? So I don't even know if that's right. Large amounts of water. And it's a good thing that Sheikh is just giving his own opinion. He's not saying Quran or Sunnah. He's just saying that the reason that it should be large is because that allows uh, uh, other aspects of the water to be purified easier. I think that's right in that sense that if you have a large amount of water you can and the najis is isolated in one part of that water then it's obviously easier as a whole to purify the water but if you were to think that a large amount of water of najis is somehow easier for the najis to go by itself or evaporate as opposed to a small amount of water I don't think that's right I think I think maybe smell maybe I think scientifically speaking evaporation is easier from higher concentration I don't know that's going back like 30 years or something like that. Right. Um, reverse osmosis. I just remember that phrase. Okay, reverse osmosis. I don't even know what that means. Right. Um, okay, then, yes. Yeah, so, so now we have that uh, second position. Is that clear? This is straightforward. Don't need any explanation to this, right? Yeah? I'm having all these blank faces. Don't it's, depress me, man. It's not the same as if, like, sometimes if there was in, 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 in a container. Some other party came uh, after a couple of days and they saw the water as water, then obviously they were dealing with it as water, wouldn't they? Because it's not, uh, because there's no sign of that nature anymore. Okay. So that's what I'm saying, is that it is quite clear because yes. you, you just think of it like that, so that if you're coming to it fresh, as in you've, you've not seen this before, you've not seen the nature go in, you've seen it's clear, everything, it's all the aspects of water, so it's water. Correct. I think that this position is the one that needs, need, that needs least. Shari Dalil evidence. It's clear from common sense. And the third one 
is and it then becomes pure. Yani by removing water from it, and a large amount of unchanged water remains afterwards. So this third way is that you take away, you take away from large amount of water, you take away a lot from the large amount of water enough najis water to leave behind something which is unchanged. Okay, unchanged. Is that clear, everybody? Yes. So you have now these three. Uh, positions. What does Sheikh Uthameen say at the back, at the bottom of page fifty-seven? He goes as for the most correct position in all of these matters. Yani what does Sheikh say? He goes, listen. He goes, the, the the real conclusion of all these three points is this: is that the water will become pure whenever we get rid of the thing that made it impure, and that's it. However, we got rid of it. Does that make sense? So it's not about little or large, and it's not about uh, water as the cleaning agent or bleach or anything else. As long as we can get rid of the filth, whether the water we're trying to clean is a lot or a little, and whether we use a lot or a little of the cleaning agent, as long as we get rid of that filthy or filthying agent, or that thing which is making it filthy, I think we're not using the English language here, right? Then that water now becomes Pure and purifying. Pure and purifying. This is what Sheikh Uthameen says. Now here's a little bit of benefit for you so that you understand something here. Why do the Hanbalis say not dirt and the like? Sheikh Uthameen is going to explain this. What is Sheikh trying to say here? Because normally what would happen is that you would add the uh, 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 mud to it it would then sediment at the bottom the idea might be that you know it might help to there is actually an ugly thing there um, it might uh, aggregate with the najasa segregate uh, uh, sediment to the bottom and then become silt at the bottom and the top part of the water will become purer and easier so that's why people might do it if you're thinking why on earth would someone chuck mud into dirty water that would be the reason okay or filthy water but the Hanbalis do not allow this or use or, or allow anything else either. They don't allow anything else to be used either. Now, um, I think it is also something, something which is he he uh, makes, which is very very good. Um, he the Sheikh says that that um, this water has not become purified, even though turab dirt is one of the two purifying substances. Yes, it's water. And trav, yeah, and dirt, which are the two, um, the two purifying substances. And one thing that you need to know is that dirt is not a purifying hissi substance, hissiyan, bal ma'nawiyan. What does that mean? When you clean with trav, it's not something which is palpable. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You come out with a dirty looking face, right? If you did it properly. If you did it like, you know, a bit like a bit gay Shani and just went like that. <laughs> yeah? You've seen people do tiyamum. They are mash up when they do tiyamum, man. You know when men do tiyamum? They're like, Raz. Come out looking like Predator or something. Yeah? Arnie and Predator. You know all this streaks across their face. You feel, yeah, man did tiyamum properly. Nowadays, metrosexual Yani, uh, Muslims Yani, they kind of, 
That's the way I have so much fun in Tiamu. Okay? Um, anyway. Anyway, Sheikh Uthameen, what he's saying, he goes, anyway, regardless of whether whatever the Turab is being used for or not, that it doesn't matter actually what you use, whether you use turab, whether you use sabun, whether you use anything. As long as it purifies, that's the key thing and that's the only thing that we uh, uh, worry about. Um, yeah. And also, sorry, and I also want to say, he also says, And that's why actually it says there in the text, if you noticed, if you noticed um, no, that's coming up. That this hukam, according to the madhab, is not just for water. Actually, it is for all liquids. So according to the Hanbalis, these rulings, they will apply to all, uh, all, yani, all, all uh, uh, liquids with respect to uh, if they touch najasa or something like that. So... Um, this is something that you need to know that. And Sheikh Uthameen, he says, the correct position, of course, is that it's just like water. It's pure, a pure substance, pure oil, pure milk, pure whatever, until it, until it changes. Until it changes. If it changes, it's, it's gone something else. But whilst it doesn't matter what falls into it, if it hasn't changed, it hasn't changed. Is that clear, everybody? Yep. Let's move on. So, now we're coming to a very important... Uh, uh, yeah. We take change it. Because we just had a minute ago. It's an area we can take it out. Yes. We need the majority of it. Yes. Yes. So, obviously, because it's a big container, we're not used to that sort of aspect. How are we saying it changes it then? Because, obviously, then, is it even a little bit on the side? So, if it's, let's say, a little bit of urine... And if you can, I don't know, that sort of, sort of water, would you be able to mix it so that it just, it doesn't, you know, there's no sign of it left and stuff like that? Yes, theoretically speaking, if there was a scenario that there was a large bucket and you could physically see some urine it, that has not uh, dispersed enough or, or whatever, okay, um, in the rest of the water, and it was separate, and it's a large amount, according to the madhab, and according to the majority or the correct position, it has not affected the rest of the water, meaning that this is such a large amount of water, and I'm able to right here pick this up, and I'm not affected. This water is so big and large and so far and distant and so unaffected by that corner part, then this would then be considered like that. Whether you mix it or not, it deserves it, it dissolves or not. Would a person be allowed to Seeing that kind of urine there and get completely put off, which is pretty human, yeah, I would have thought, right? And thinking, right, I'm going to mix this, and if I mix this, it'll be proper diluted, and I can proper do it, yeah? Would that even be permissible? Would that even be permissible? I can't give an answer to that. Would you be able to get the whole urine out anyway? Well, yeah, I mean, there is an understanding. There is an there is an understanding, as we we discussed in the earlier past, that you are able to get out najasa. Um, to some large extent. And anything which is left behind is then diluted effectively by the larger amount. Okay, so now we're talking now about a very important chapter, which is the issue of doubt. And this is what the entire chapter finishes with. So in the Arabic, on page 11, Sheikh uh, uh, Imam al-Hijawi, rahmatullah alayhi, he says, وَإِن شَكَّ فِي نَجَاسِتِ مَاءٍ أَوْ غَيْرِهِ أَوْ طَحَارَةِ بَنَا عَلَى الْيَقِينَ أَوْ طَحَارَةِهِ بَنَا عَلَى الْيَقِينَ 
ونشتبه طهور بنجس حرم استعمالهما ولم يتحرى ولا يشترط للتيمم إراقتهما أو خلطهما And then he carries on uh, on page 12 ونشتبه بطاهر توضأ منهما وضوءا واحدا من هذا غرفة ومن هذا غرفة وصلى صلاة واحدة So in the English If one has doubts about the filthiness or purity of water or something else, he acts according to certainty. If purifying and filthy water are indiscernible, you can't make out which one's which, then it is haram, unlawful, to use either one. And one does not attempt to discern, to work out which one is the right one. Side point... Pouring out this water or mixing it together is not a condition for making tayammum. Okay? Then he says, and if, another scenario, if purifying water is indiscernible from pure water, one makes a single ablution from them both, a handful from one and a handful from another, and then prays a single prayer. So let's explain what's going on here. This is very interesting. Okay? So, um, what the Sheikh says is that um, if there's a uh, if there is a fi najasatihi idha kana asluhu tahiran wa fi taharatihi idha kana asluhu najasan. So you have you have um, water, and we are having doubt about this water. What in what we doubt whether it is impure, even though it in principle is pure water, or the other scenario. It's, we are doubting whether it is pure. Even though in front of us, what we know is that it is nejus water. So there's two kind of like scenarios here. The, the, the issue is dealing with the shak, yani the doubt with respect to these two scenarios. So either you have pure water, and you always knew it was pure water, but something has happened, or you can see something, and you're just not sure now whether this thing has become nejus or not. You're not sure. You have doubt. Or you have impure water, you've known for the last few days it's impure water, but you think that maybe the colour's changed a bit, it's getting a bit lighter, you're not sure now whether it is pure or not, okay? So in the first one, the principle, the status quo is that it was pure. In the second one, the principle, the status quo is that it was impure. How do we treat these two two scenarios? Okay, so um, what do you do? You build upon certainty. Okay, you build upon certainty. In a sort of fiqh, when you study fiqh, you have a number of rules that you use to help you derive rulings. That's the science of usul al-fiqh, the fundamental principles of jurisprudence. Okay, this area called usul al-fiqh. It's very important to study. And one of the number one rules, of course, in usul al-fiqh is al-yaqinu la yuzalu bishak. That certainty cannot be removed by doubt. If you are upon something which is certain, doubt cannot change that scenario. And this is one of the most important principles in Islamic law because it governs everything. Governs everything. Like, I mean, and here it's very clearly applicable. If you have pure water and you are doubting whether it becomes impure or not, you're either going to go and fall into OCD and ruin your life, okay? And you're never going to get anywhere. Or you're going to go all Islamic and say, Al-Yaqeenu la yuzalu bishak. That certainty is not removed by doubt. What am I certain of? This water was pure. What am I doubtful of is whether it has got najasa in it or it has become najas. What do I do? Ibn al-Yaqeen. Build upon certainty. What is that? It's pure. 
Is that clear, everybody? And this is a principle which applies everywhere, everywhere. So he gives uh, some examples. Um, and he said also, uh, Sheikh Uthameen just added that this principle applies to anything, not just water, any substance. Okay? So he gives an example. There's a man, he has a thobe, and he's not sure if it's impure or not. What's the principle of a thobe? Yeah. It is pure, it's clean. So it remains clean until he knows for certain that it has become nejus. Or he has a, a skin, sheepskin, and he's not, he's not sure whether this sheepskin is the, the, the skin of a sheep which has been slaughtered or a sheep which has is mater, carcass. Carcass? Mater? Yeah? It's carcass, isn't it? Dead. Carrion. Carrion, not carcass. Carrion. Yeah? Carrion, meaning that it's just died. It wasn't slaughtered, Yani. You just, like, you know, that's haram meat, right? That mater. We heard it today, although Sheikh said that it's allowed to eat. Huh? Yes. Okay. 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 Oh, makro, makro. Libyans think it's makro. Hanafis, they said haram. We said halal, enjoy it. It's not nice though, to be honest. Host meat. A bit rank. Yeah, I had it in, I had it in Kazakhstan. <laughs> I went to this state. Okay, I'm going to show off a little bit here. I was invited to a state thing. I don't like state banquets thingies, whatever, but I thought, khalas, go anyway, innit? So, and you walk in and they always have a showpiece. And what was a showpiece? This massive cooked horse, man. In the middle. And there's a guy there who's cutting off pieces, everything, whatever, whatnot. And, uh, you know, and I didn't want to kind of do my best to kind of show my kind of, you know, metrosexual kind ofness. Yeah, I thought, man up, yani, and deal with it. So I went up, I said, go and slap it piece down. He cut it off. Honestly, I reckon I was chewing for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> Might as well just give me some chewing gum, yani, you know what I'm saying? It's tough. It's not, no, it's not worse than a camel, but. It's, I don't know, man, I don't know. I don't know, I don't read that. I don't read horses. Anyway, so, what are we talking about horses for, yeah, Sheikh? Right, so, we're not sure. Is this the the skin of a slaughtered sheep or one which was thingy? What is that? What is the reality? Yaqeen. Build upon certainty. What is the status quo? What are we certain of in principle? That we only get hold of slaughtered sheep. We don't, yeah, the farmers don't sell dead sheep. We don't, as a community, deal with dead sheep. It doesn't matter even if this was a dead sheep. As far as we're concerned, the principle is that it is a normal sheep. And therefore, and this is beautiful. This is very, very important because the point, the, the point here is that even if this water is not just no sin upon you, even if this was the skin of, a, of carrion, no sin upon you because you have followed the Islamic principle. And that's the reason that the principle is there, to give you ease in times of difficulty. Okay? So, and then another example, he goes, That he is about to pray and he's not sure if the ground itself, it is najis or not. What's the principle? That the, 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 the thing is, is, pure, is pure, absolutely pure. And so that he doesn't think that it's najis for some reason, unless it becomes clear that it is uh, 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 that, uh, that case. So, um, and then the other example is the other way. If something is nejus, so for example, if he has impure water and he knows that it is impure, knows for certainty. He then goes away. He comes back. 
he's not sure whether that which made it impure has left it or not. What does he do? He's not allowed to make wudu from it. Why? He builds upon certainty. What is certainty? That water was impure, 100%. I know that, everyone knows that. Is that clear, everybody? So that's how the rule applies in both scenarios. But both scenarios. Okay. Um, so he builds upon certainty. Certainty is the word yaqeen. Okay. Where does the concept of this hadith, where does this principle come from? Uh, the dalil ala dalik min al athar al hadith Abdullah ibn Zayd. This is because of the hadith which is narrated by Abdullah ibn Zayd and is found in Sahih al Bukhari in the book of Wudu, the chapter of the one who does not uh, have to make Wudu for anything other than what comes out of the two private parts. Um, and it's also in the uh, narrated by Muslim which is in the book of menstruation, in the chapter of the evidence upon the person who um, is sure of his uh, sure of his state of wudu and then doubts in the fact that he's broken it and that, uh, that he should carry on praying with that state of wudu. That was a bit messed up, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah? That was, I was just trying to translate the chapter titles like off the cuff. But basically... What she, uh, clearly, as you've already seen, as we spoke about Ahl al-Hadith, Imam Bukhari and Muslim have made their positions very clear. They're, in their chapter titles, they put their fiqh position. What happened? What is a hadith? The Prophet ﷺ was there. Abdullah ibn Zayd narrates that a man came to him complaining about his stomach, that he had some kind of gas and some cramps in his stomach. He was praying. Okay? And, وَشُكِي عَلَيْهِ الرَّجُلِ يَجِدُ فِي بَطْنِهِ And it was causing him a problem. Meaning that it was, uh, uh, you know, if he has this kind of like IBS, whatever, he's not sure if he's passed wind or not. It's all feeling very, very bad and very confusing signals. Um, the Prophet ﷺ said, لا ينصرف حتى يسمع أو يجد That a person does not ينصرف because the idea is that the person's in prayer. He does not leave the prayer. Why would you leave the prayer? Because you've broken wudu. So he's saying that effectively you do not break your wudu. Okay, until you hear a sound or smell a smell. Okay, meaning feeling is not good enough. Feeling is what causes doubt. This is a very, I mean, this important. This, this hadith is so important in, in, in wudu. We're going to discuss this, you know, big time when it comes to wudu. But just for now, it's very useful that you come across this hadith if you never heard it before. If you're in a position where you come out of the bath, or you've just made wudu, or you're in prayer, or you're doing anything actually, and you're not sure whether you've passed wind or not, and because it's one of those, it's one of those uh, uh, conditions which is, is, it can be very easily confused, especially when you have stomach cramps. Okay? So, the Prophet ﷺ is establishing a principle. He's recognizing that that's a problem and that people can suffer from that problem. Not meaning like chronically, I mean anyone can have this issue. And so therefore, we're only going to consider that it has now cancelled the wudu unless we have certainty. What is certainty? A clear sound, which is yeah, a bit bestie, yeah, I know. Yeah? Or... But it's, at least it's, it's a clear bestie, though, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, you smell something, which is obviously very clear evidence of uh, breaking of wudu. So the Prophet ﷺ has ordered to build upon the status quo, um, and then also there is the there is a narration. This is very interesting. At the top of page sixty, the, compa- the companions came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, "Ya Rasulullah, there are people. There's a pe- there's, there's some people. They've bought some meat for us, and we don't know whether they mentioned the name of Allah over it or not. They, we don't know whether they did a of it, yani Bismillah or not. 
And the Prophet ﷺ said, Sammu antum wa kulu. You say Bismillah and eat it. Yeah? Amazing, صح? This is a problem. If we don't explain this, and then everyone's going to then enjoy themselves. Two big, two big Macs and one chicken. Bob's? 10.30 at my house, please, bro. Yeah, You see what an attack he just did upon the halal places. According to Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, okay, yeah, his interpretation of this hadith is. By the way, no, 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 sorry, I need to explain the rest of the hadith before you realize how insulting a statement that was. It's not even insulting at the moment. Here's the insulting part. Aisha, Qalib Aisha radiallahu anha, wa hiya rawat al hadith. Aisha is the one who narrated this hadith, okay? وَكَانَ الْقَوْمِ حَدِيثِ أَحْدِ بِالْكُفْرِ That this is a people that weren't Muslim people. These are actually people that were just kind of يعني, with, with, يعني, new in the whole issue uh, uh, from kufr. So meaning that there's a high possibility of this meat being haram. That's the, the real يعني, issue of the hadith. Yeah? And still the Prophet ﷺ said, well, you know, at least we're expecting it to be halal. That's the point. And so, if you're not sure about it, at least we know what the principle is, that the meat is halal in amongst our people, amongst this new religion, people might not be practicing it, all this and that, but khalas, uh, say the name of Allah over it, and eat it, okay? So, 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 and the Prophet ﷺ, what did he not do? He didn't order them to ask any questions, ask, does it have E471, E472, take out the little yani, little book from Dar Alum, Jizbri or whatever it is, I don't know. And I'm no hating on Jizbri. That's a haram to hate on Jizbri. <laughs> so then, but they pull out the big book, yeah, and anyway, and they check for all the various things. Uh, I don't know what it is, man. I used to like that book, man, but I don't know. <laughs> I got depressed to reading it after I memorized it, yeah. So, <laughs> so this is the point, right? That we don't ask too many questions. The Prophet didn't ask questions. He didn't tell him to look into it anymore. There's a basic principle that the meat is halal. And so therefore, that what we expect it to be, inshallah. And if it's not, then you just say Bismillah and Allahu Akbar. Now, now that you know that, what did uh, Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar say? He said, the meaning of this hadith is that when you go to an Asian halal restaurant that says halal on it, just say Bismillah. <laughs> Comparing us to the meat of the corpse. You see that? You see that? Before they see the people. Oh, no, no, not coming back now, brother. <laughs> you can't black it now. Somebody's going to go down. Brother, that's it. What's wrong with country fried chicken? It's called the K R O. Right. Okay. And and uh, and this hadith is narrated by Bukhari, and in the book of sacrificing and hunting, um, the Zabiha of the Arab wa Nahwihim, which is nice, nice chapter title, the uh, slaughter of the Bedouins, yani not the local Arabs. Which is even going to show actually that Bukhari is going even further. And obviously, yani, the Arabs, they took this hardcore literally and they just said everything's halal these days, yeah? If we're going to hate on the Pax Mosul, hate on the Arabs as well, isn't it? Yeah? Um, but we're not going to de- deal with that now. Because this is too much big controversy of opening up halal meat and Tesco and things. I just want to say that the, I will say to the Arabs, yani, who are, yani, obviously, the Pakistanis are very hardcore on this, yeah? We refuse to believe any of this at all. And we're just only going to uh, halal or kosher or whatever it is. 
The others who are more liberal about this, they say go Tesco's, whatever. I don't think they're going Tesco's anymore, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Unless they want like some horse meat flex, yani, some horse meat porked up chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He says, halal meat, yani, which is probably like 10 times worse than that. Yeah. You know, subhanAllah. Anyway, I'll stuff like I don't even want to think about it. This whole scandal started with them finding the pork in the halal meat, by the way. Before they found the horse meat in the ready meals, they found the pork in the halal one first, just yani, so that everyone knows. And of no, course, it's Lindis. Lindis, was the one Lindis wasn't the first one. Lindis was the, the big public one. The first, the, 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 when the story broke, Huh? It was a prison. No, brother. Okay, all right. You want to win that? You want to take that? What about then the panorama that showed the yani, that all of our uh, Kansas chicken has been injected with pork DNA? Huh, brother? <laughs> four years ago? Was Lindis before that? We've been still in Kansas for four years. <laughs> <laughs> Say the name of Allah upon it. We'll it. <laughs> you can't make Kansas. That's me if you make Kansas haram upon us. What are we going to eat then? <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't eat anything other than Kansas. AFC. Huh? AFC. <laughs> You're mentioning the word AFC in the same breath, in the same, on the same, on the same day. Forget about the pay, same page. The same day as Kansas. Honestly, brother, if this wasn't a masjid, I'd kick you out. <laughs> and also lamb. A little bit of lamb is nice. Lahori dirat lamb tarayk is mashallah. Anyway, why are you guys yani, uh, confusing me now? Right, and it is also, this is interesting, this hadith is in Bukhari. Um, and, it, and I don't want questions on forums or on anything. Can I talk about the forums, by the way? Um, forums, inshallah, I've been really, really busy, really, really busy. But over the next few days, inshallah, I'm going to get on there and answer now the questions on all the chapter of water and put a closer to, to, to this as well so that we can move on nicely. So I'll be answering the questions, but don't bother asking questions outside the topic. This is not the topic. He's using this as a side evidence. We'll deal with this when we come to this chapter in 2032. Okay? <laughs> right. So, it is, and it is also narrated from Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, this is nice, okay, that he and Amr ibn al-As were going past... Um, we're, going, we're going walking one day, and they, they wanted to they wanted to drink, and they came across a guy who had some like a uh, like a well. It's not a well, but he had water anyway. So Amr bin asked asked the guy. Uh, uh, I say a well, meaning that it's actually a pool of water, so it's actually in the ground, yeah. So that you don't think it's like clean. So he said to him, "What um, is this water najis or not?" Amr bin asked asked the man, the owner, and Amr said to him. To the owner, he goes, don't tell him. Yani, don't tell him. Actually, actually, he said, don't tell us. Don't tell us. So, what's, what's going on there? That when you, like what Suleiman just said, that when you walk up to a, 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 some water, and you look at water, the principle is pure and purifying. If you know something that I don't want to know about, don't tell me. Right? I just want to walk up to this yani and I just want to just treat this as water. And if you know something or you doubt something or whatever, whatnot, yeah, you just keep it to yourself because I'm looking at this water and it looks good like water. I don't want to hear some kind of depressing stat now that's going to say that this is pure, yeah, this is impure water and I'm going to now have to walk another 20 miles to get. Do you understand the point? Anyway, what's the issue here? This is uh, uh, obviously it's a funny statement. There are quite a few of these kind of narrations from the companions, by the way. And this is the kind of 
fiqhi approach of some of the easy kind of guys. Certainly of Shaykh al this is his style. Ibn Taymiyyah is his style. Let's be a bit critical though. Is this hadith authentic or is this narration authentic? It isn't authentic. And here's the reason why. Let's go to the footnotes at the bottom of page 60. And uh, it says that this is narrated by Imam Malik in his Muwatta, okay, in the book of Tahara, uh, hadith number uh, uh, 47, um, in the uh, chapter entitled That Pure and Purifying Water for Wudu. And it was also narrated by Abdul Razak in his Musannaf. And it is narrated on the authority of Yahya bin Abdul Rahman ibn Hatib on the authority of Umar ibn al-Khattab. Then he mentioned the book. He mentioned the hadith. What do we know? We know that Yahya, this, this narrator Yahya ibn Abdul Rahman, he did not hear directly any narration from Sayyidina Umar. He never heard a narration directly from Sayyidina Umar. This was mentioned by Ibn Ma'in. Who is Ibn Ma'in? What's his first name? Yahya ibn Ma'in. And he is? The teacher of Imam al-Bukhari. Okay? He is from the greatest of the Nuqad and Muhaddithin. Top, top level. Okay? This is the statement of Ibn Ma'in. Meaning that it's a heavy statement. He's saying Yahya did not hear from Sayyidina Umar. So therefore, what does this... And this is mentioned in Tahdib al-Kamal. And therefore, فَالْأَثَرُ مُنْقَطِعُ So therefore, this Athar... Athar, remember we said, is a hadith which is narrated from a companion... It is munqati'. Munqati'a meaning broken. Broken. Okay? What does broken here mean? That there's a missing link. Missing link between Yahya ibn Abdul Rahman and Sayyidina Umar. We don't know the identity of this, this, uh, this figure in the middle. Because it's not a companion, because it's allowed in certain times yani, to allow a companion not to be there if a companion is narrating from a companion. But here it's a latter generation tabi tabi'i narrating from the uh, Sayyidina uh, Umar. He did not hear from him. Therefore, he is narrating from someone else. He's left that name out. Why did he leave that name out? That's what we as muhaddithin are going to ask that question. Why did he leave the name out? It's too much of a doubt in the hadith. We're gonna, it has inqita'a. We're going to have to rule that this is da'if. Therefore, it's not acceptable as evidence. This is critically looking at it. But in principle, the hadith is pretty similar anyway. The Bukhari hadith and the hadith before as well about salah. So the, the principle is established, whether you like it or not. Okay? Now... Um, so this is from the Dalil, okay, this is from the Dalil, and, and as from common sense, common sense also fits this principle, I don't need to explain that, yes, that something should remain upon what it should be, until you are 100% sure that it's not what it is, yes, that's common sense, so, and, correct, 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 so, I, I just want to try and uh, hurry up, because, shall I? Shazad reckons we can't do it, and I fear that he might be right. Because actually there's quite a lot left. We are currently one hour in. I reckon this will take at least another half hour. It's going to be too much, isn't it? Yeah? Okay, khalas. Khalas. It's a shame that. I tried. I went really quick, Yara. I was, honestly, come on, man. I went, yeah, I did go quick. But anyway, khair. Um... Uh, let me just have a look here. So I just want to just mention what Sheikh Uthameen said that from an aql, from common sense. You've, I've given you all the evidences, this narration of Umar, the hadith of Sayyidina Prophet and so on and so forth. What about from aql? He goes, imagine a person is walking by 
um, like a watering spout, okay? Now, I know that sounds strange, but you've got to think of your old style, watering spout, water coming off, okay? He goes, if a person went by and he, he went underneath a watering spout and water came off it, it, it for us, not what the, it, it, Yani, you know the easy way to look at this is the, um, uh, you know when you're in the supermarket and it's raining, okay? And if it's raining outside, and then you come and you stand under the canopy, if you stand on the edge, a lot of water overflows from the drain. The gutter? Not the uh, drain, the gutter. Okay? So that gutter water. The word gutter in principle is like dirty and so on and so forth. But the water is coming from the sky into that gutter. Now we don't know the nature of what's happening in that gutter. But that water is now going to fall from that gutter. Okay? So when that water comes from that gutter, right? فَقَالَ هَلْ هَذَا يعني uh, uh, this water is it from has it been used by people is it filthy has it been affected by something has it touched uh, something now has it been used has it, is it coming from a bathroom connected via some kind of you know uh, system that's possible isn't it sometimes water is transferred at the top as opposed to along the along the sides has it been used from a washing machine has the washing machine that has done that wash been washing dirty clothes or najis clothes that's a point as well. A clothes can get dirt on it but not be nudges, and the water therefore coming off dirty clothes wouldn't be nudges. It just would be dirty. Just not nice, but it's still clean. Uh, quote unquote. Yeah? We don't know. So if we're going to keep asking all of these questions every time we get touched by a bit of water from somewhere, this is going to become crazy. And so therefore, the principle from common sense is that water is water until we are absolutely sure that it's not. Okay, and it's not uh, it's not uh, uh, an obligation upon him to sniff that water and to look for that water and to study that water. Wahada means and this is from the spaciousness spaciousness of of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and I think that's good. I think that's good, and we'll see that even more so in next week's lesson as well, inshallah. So it's just a uh, thing. So summary of this um, uh, this uh, chapter. You know what it is? This summary is important. Yeah, but I always forget to do it. So when I finish a class, always remind me, do a one-minute summary. What is a one-minute summary? Third, According to the madhab, there's a third category of water. Three categories. The first one is pure and purifying. The second one is just pure, which is mostly used water. And then the third category is najas. Okay? What is najas water? That water which has been changed by something najas. Something which has been changed by something najas. Or it has touched najas. Okay, and whilst it was only a small amount, or it has, or it has come away from a najis area and has now separated from there, um, and it is najis like that as well. What do the? Uh, that's the second opinion in madhab. What's the second opinion in madhab? That no, there's only two types of water. You just have pure purifying water, and you call it tahur or tahir. It doesn't matter, but it's pure and purifying, and you can make wudu with it. And then you have najis water. And now the issue and discussion of how to purify najis water. There's three ways. Add a lot of purifying water to it. Then that's something which uh, will, 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 will fix it. Uh, or to take out a large amount of filthy water. Or if it's a large amount, then let it change by itself. By sun, by, by uh, evaporation, by whatever. Or we take that dirty water out and we leave enough behind which is over kullatain. That's the madhab. What did we say? We said it doesn't matter what the, you do to the water. 
whether you add water to it or not, soap, cleaning agent, it doesn't matter whether it's a small amount, large amount, as long as the najasa is gone, then that water is pure. And finally, if one has doubt about the uh, uh, filthiness or purity of certain water, you build upon certainty. Alright? And next week we're going to go into a number of scenarios when you have, you're not sure about which one's which. You have a thobe and you're not sure if this one's pure or not. Therefore you've got nothing to wear. You need to make wudu, but you've only got um, dirty water and pure water and dust to make tayammum. Do we go for tayammum? Because we can't work out which one is the pure one. What's the reasoning behind then uh, making wudu of each one? So that's what we we'll do next week, inshallah. Jazakumullah. Any questions on this subject today? So, okay, good. All right, there's a couple. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Allahu Akbar. This is. It comes at a price, Yanni, yeah? I thought I got. A, I forgot. I forgot. Yanni, free chocolate bar, but it comes with a cost. No such thing as a free lunch, Bobs. Astaghfirullah <laughs> Oh, okay. This is worth it. This is worth it. Okay. We have a new submission for an international logo for Najasa. You should be happy, Yara. Yeah. Actually, do you have a look at your phone? <laughs> this is the... <laughs> <laughs> so this is the this is a submission. Yeah. It's a it's a strong contender. I have to say that as an Apple phone iPhone owner, okay, as an Apple iPhone owner, I'm big enough to not feel offended uh, at this because I have an Apple Mac laptop, which is by far the most useless piece of junk in human history. It doesn't even have native Arabic. You can't do anything with it. You know, any matlab. And Windows is the only, you know, you don't have Windows on it. You've got to add rubbish Mac Windows. And when it goes onto it, it just destroys the machine. It's rubbish. So even though I have an iPhone, I will say that. Okay, but there's reasons here. This is good. And the reason, I believe, Naveed, brother, our, our friend, are you, are you Naveed? Yeah. Okay, then. This is, this is the arguments our friend Naveed puts forward. Can we have the camera Can we have the camera on Shazad? No, I think he suffered enough. I believe the new international symbol for Najis should be the Apple... It's not relevant. It is. Not relevant. Not relevant. Might not be relevant for you, son. Right? Should be the Apple... Should be the Apple computer logo. Reasons for this are... The iPhone does not allow flash. The iPhone does not have a removable battery. The iPhone does not follow the universal accepted micro USB connection. Ain't that the truth, man? Right. The iPhone does not have real Bluetooth as it is blocked to transfer files to non-Apple mobile phones. I never knew that. Yeah. This is highly corrupt and they should not be allowed to say the phone, they should not be allowed to say the phone has Bluetooth to the international standard. I agree. Okay. Apple have changed the SIM card size twice from the universally accepted mini SIM to micro SIM. And then nano sim for the iPhone 5. Wallah, that's also yani, haq, haq, yeah. <laughs> the photo naming on digital cameras and Android phones all follow a sensible standard of DSCN1234, etc. But not Apple. Every, f- <laughs> Every photo is named photo. <laughs> Dot JPEG. And that is hard work when you get attachments from an Apple iPhone as it can overwrite other photos when saving. Well, that's right. 
Although in Windows, you see, that's the difference between Apple. On Windows, it goes photo one, photo six. Yeah, but if you save it into your folder and then somebody sends you another batch, you're doing photo one, photo two. Sah. <laughs> <laughs> Sah. <Sorry. Sorry. laughs> Number seven, non removable memory, correct? Number eight, tracking software to watch over you and log your lifestyle. I think that's all of them, though, to be honest. I think that's. A, that, I could go on and on. And I know many will say how much they love their iPhone, but that is irrelevant. As that is like how many people like smoking. It does not make it clean just because it is popular. <laughs> to be straight to the point, Apple iPhones are Nedges. And I would like to highly recommend the Apple logo to be the international symbol for Nedges, all for the purpose of our teaching. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> All in favor? Eyes? Okay, khalas, it's accepted. We can be bribed like that's easy, yara. I'm easy, easy kind of guy. You had a bit of chocolate, a bit of Kansas. Doesn't take much to bribe me. Yeah, I'm simple. Oh, Watch out, how do you? Good question. I'm, yeah, I'm back to the Q of certainty, uh, of uh, uncertainty. Yeah? You mentioned the principles you build upon certainty, yeah? So, um, if I come to you and I ask you a question, is this water pure, is this, is this food halal, and you know for certain it is or isn't, should you tell me or not? Yes. So in the hadith, what was the principle in the hadith where he said, don't tell us? Is it because it's difficult to get an alternative source of water? So, the, okay. <laughs> it's a very difficult answer, that. So, the question is this. If you have something which you know for certain is haram, or you know for certain it is najis, do I need to tell another person? And I said the answer is yes. Okay? So then Shazad said that, um, but okay, what happens then if, so what was the meaning of that narration? Okay? The narration where he said, don't tell us. If I was being lazy, I'd say that the hadith is weak, so don't worry about it. Okay? Um, but let's just assume that it's authentic. There are a number of different responses. I never saw one which I was happy with that explained this narration. And my best explanation is that the individual ijtihad of the companions is not an evidence upon the nation. And this is his statement, and he's not alone in this, of course. If you read my paper on um, <laughs> on uh, the start time of Salatul Fajr, and Sayyidina Abu Bakr eating his food at the point of uh, uh, suhoor. And next man outside saying, I see the sun. And he carries on eating and says to the other one, do you see it? Kind of thing, right? And in another narration, that he could think that he could see the sun, so he told him to stand in the doorway so that he wouldn't see the sun himself <laughs> and carry on. How do you explain these narrations? And there are hundreds and thousands of these uh, uh, narrations from the companions that are controversial and individual. And we call them the aja'ib, yani individual opinions that are respected, but they either have authenticity issues or they are either personal held opinions by a group or a small number of companions that who have a, have a huge understanding of the religion. And we just kind of say, well, we don't know. Let's stick to what is the majority of the, 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 the scholars say. And, and that's it. I prefer to go with that explanation. And the reason I prefer to go with that explanation is because in my head, I have hundreds of thousands of these amazing narrations that each one I tell you will make you laugh. 
Each one. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go there because, you know, I, t- I told you one uh, last, last time, you know, uh, Abdullah bin Umar, he went to sleep, yani, where he was, and then he woke up and he turned around, he goes, did you guys smell anything or anything? Did you, did you hear anything? Okay. So are we going to do that? Everyone's going to do that? We start telling all the people to do that. It's going to be chaos. Yeah? Everyone's just going to be, you know, asking everyone, do you smell anything? Do you hear anything? You know, it's messed up. So I'm saying we don't rule by individual opinions. That's why we have madahib, scholars who come afterwards, refine opinions, collect them, well, and so on. The argument there is a lot easier. They said that these people were not upon kufr, and that, that the meat was regulated, and that the, um, that the actual asal here wasn't that it was a haram. Or so on like that. So this is not a meat debate, bro. Okay, this is a debate about the issue of shak and yakin. Not as it, I'm, trying, I'm trying to say to you is that the yakin here was not that it was haram. Mm. The yakin is that it was halal. This is an argument. And it's the same with water, though, isn't it? So, okay, same you can be used with the water, but 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 I said let's assume that the guy knows that it is just This is a tricky area and we're not going to come to it without me explaining a number of further usul al-fiqh principles because you have to have that. We haven't talked about umum al-balwa for example. Umum al-balwa is a very difficult reality of our time. It means that when there's a problem that is so big that we can't get away, we can't get away from it. An example that our Sheikh always gives us for just to explain the principle is that if I was to, you know, if I was to hook up Suleiman and do a body search of him and pull out a picture and here's a picture of a non-mahram woman in his pocket. Proper, Yani. That's Yani, that's a bit, Yani, you know what I'm saying? OTT. OTT, right? From me or from him? <laughs> Must both. Yet that's what all of us have with banknotes of the Queen. Or <laughs> <laughs> carrying around little portraits yani, of Queen or whatever, I don't know. Some might say she's Budibiskin known, yani, you know. She's gone beyond the pale or whatever. She's uh, she's she's in Masi level now, you know, you know, she's nan- nani status. Which might be in a good argument, Allah. But I mean the the, the the point is I mean there are many examples. The, the, the point is is that when things change or when realities change that are enforced upon us, then we have to adapt to these kind of scenarios with a more kind of flexible kind of approach. I, I, like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that right now because that's like I said, there are a number of issues there. So I think we'll call it. Yep. Okay. Good. Zakumullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Shabbat alaykum. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.